Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the real pitch. He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats, and we have a great guest for you today. You could say this guy is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball right now, and you couldn't be proven wrong. Tony Gonsolin of the Los Angeles Dodgers is about to join me here in a second to talk about the incredible year he is having, his journey to the big leagues, his love of cats, and even stuff he's learned from legends of the game and in the rotation that he's a part of, like Clayton Kershaw. So I'm excited for you guys to hear this conversation. I am pumped to welcome in now Tony Gonsolin. Thank you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, Ben. Thanks for having me. Of course. Hey, I want to go back in time a little bit before we talk about now and your big league career and and sort of where it all began. Uh, And when did you fall in love with the game of baseball? I know you're a kid from up near San Francisco. How'd you fall in love with the game of baseball? Um, I think I always liked it. My my older brother played, um, so I kind of followed in his tracks. But uh, there's definitely pictures of me like two, three years old with a little wiffle ball bat. In my grandma's backyard, um, my mom tells me all the time that she used to like throw to me and watch me hit, try to hit it. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of just followed my brother's footsteps and uh, and yeah. Were you a, were you a Giants fan? Uh, no, I knew like all the players on the Giants just because they were the hometown team and all that. My whole family is pretty much Giants fans, but I yeah. was uh, I was a Yankee fan growing up. Oh, okay, all right. So, ha- wait, how did that happen? As from San Francisco basically and being a yankees fan uh, i was a big fan of Derek jeter uh, i played shortstop just loved the way that he played the game and tried to emulate that so you ultimately end up at st mary's and what was that process like for you were there bigger offers for you to go to a bigger school did you want to go there was the draft an option for you out of high school um i thought the draft was going to be an option out of high school it, it was not um but St. Mary's was the only offer that I got, so just I just rolled with it. So you ultimately end up you ended up getting drafted out of St. Mary's, but we need to talk about for a second. There was a two year span there where you had twenty homers, you hit over three hundred. I mean, kind of a two way stud, a little Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani, if you will. Uh, was there an option for you to? Were you drafted as a two way player? Uh, no, I never hit that many homers. That's way too many. But uh, I feel like everybody, all the scouts around the area that I talked to put me in the system um, as a pitcher, mm-hmm. except for like two teams, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I was I was hoping to go to get drafted as a hitter. And then but I was kind of just uh, open to any opportunity. 
So that so it kind of depended on the team as to what you were going to be drafted as a pitcher or hitter. Because I always wonder, like in college, uh, in college I was two way, and going into my junior year, I ultimately came to the decision with the help of a coach of picking one or the other. So you went into the draft not knowing which team was going to draft you and what you were going to get drafted as. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like for the instance, the Dodgers. Um, Paul Cogan came up to me my in the summer of 2015 when I was in summer ball in the Northwoods and basically tried to like uh, get me to sign as a hitter because I was raking at the time. But uh, ultimately went back to school and then uh, Tom Kunis was the area scout in the Bay Area, uh, put me in the system as a pitcher and then yeah, the rest is uh, the rest is history. How disappointed are you that? in your minor league career and big league career, you never got the opportunity. You never hit a homer. And no now, homer. You're never, now you're probably never going to. Yeah, that's the worst part about it. <laughs> didn't get to sneak one in. I mean, you might get in it. We saw David Robertson get in at bat the other day. Like Maybe at some point there's an opportunity for you to get an A-B and, and to hit one out. Yeah, maybe. That'd be, that'd be ideal. But uh, I'm not sure if I see that coming anytime soon. <laughs> so... When you got drafted, Tony, you were low 90s, 90, 92 guy, and then there was a complete transformation. And I kind of want to pick your brain on that for a second because you ended up getting to the point where almost over a year span, you went from a 90, 92 guy, low 90s, to being able to touch 100. What was that process like for you? What all went into it? Was it weightlifting? Was it arm care? Was it eating? Like, how did, how did that happen? Yeah, so I know in college, I'm pretty sure I touched 95, like one, maybe twice um, throughout my, just my senior year. I never, I don't even think I got close to it before that, but um, yeah, coming into pro ball, being a pitcher only, I think helped a lot um, coming into the Dodgers organization and them kind of um, getting more specific with the workouts and uh, just how I would prepare my body before every game and all that stuff and, and solely Focusing on pitching, I think, helped a lot. Yeah, true. So then it's almost been three years to the day, by the way, that you get the call up to the big leagues in 2019, which is awesome. And I like to ask guys this because, you know, I I was close but never got the call that every kid dreams of. What was that moment like for you in 2019 when you got the call that you were going to be a major league baseball player? Take me through that time. Um. yeah, I can't. I feel like we lost in OKC that day because I feel like the the like morale was pretty low for some reason after the game. But yeah, I got called into the to Travis's office, Travis Barbary, um, and he basically was just like, "Hey, uh, I think it was like a Sunday." He's like, "Hey, you're gonna pitch on Wednesday. You're gonna go up. Your flight's tomorrow." Yada yada yada. And I remember coming out of the out of the office. And not really knowing how to react because I'm pretty sure we just lost because it was kind of it was a little bit of like a sad uh, atmosphere, I guess. Um, but yeah, I feel like it turned around and um, yeah, I don't know. And then the next thing I know, I was in Arizona and uh, seeing all the guys. I feel like none of them really remembered me except for some of the pitching guys and then uh, <laughs> JT. Uh, but yeah, so. You walk out of the the manager's office in a somber, and you're like, I don't know how to contain my emotions right now. Who who is your first phone call once you got the call to the bigs? Uh, I called my mom first. Yeah. 
That's awesome. So did she cry? Uh, no, she was just happy. Uh, say congratulations that I've earned it, deserve it, all this stuff. But, uh, but yeah, she was the first one. That's so cool, man. So then you get to the big leagues. Your first outing in the bigs. One was one of the unluckiest, like few, like unluckiest innings I've ever seen. But take me through your emotions getting ready to come in for your first outing in the big leagues. Was it was it more nervous than you've ever been? Was it all business? What was going through your mind for your first outing? I was kind of just trying to control the adrenaline, uh, not trying to let it get too big and try to do too much. But um, I just wanted to throw a lot of strikes and kind of see what happened. And uh, yeah, I threw a lot of strikes and some things happened. And it was some unlucky things, some, <laughs> uh, some bad pitches. But uh, overall, I thought it was a good experience, good learning opportunity for me to get my first one out of the way. And uh, definitely have grown from that. Yeah. I want to talk about 2020 because not only was it a, a wild year for everyone, but it was also your first official season. It was your rookie year. So talk about 2020 and just not knowing if we were going to play baseball and then you having the year you did ultimately winding up in the postseason and starting two games in the World Series. I mean, what a whirlwind of a year that had to be. How crazy was that for you from from start to finish? Do you ever look back like, what a year that was? Yeah. Um, you know, we got the, the heads up in March that, uh, you know, we're shutting down the season and um, there was no real timetable of when, and when we were going to return. Uh, in my mind, I was hoping it was going to be like a month because uh, I was – I was able to stay on top of it. I think we were able to still go into the field for a little bit after after we got shut down. And then, like, I think it was, like, two weeks later, we were no longer able to go into the, the spring training complex. So then I remember, like, the whole month of April was just kind of, like, on your own. Um, playing catch with Dustin. I was playing catch with weighted balls on a wall, just kind of finding any way I could to, uh, to like, play catch or keep my arm moving. And then um, – come like may trying to find places to throw bullpens and stay ready and all that stuff because we really had no idea when anything was going to start back right, up so you couldn't really um, shut it down you kind of had yeah, to stay ready you couldn't shut it down you couldn't like ramp up too much i was throwing <laughs> bullpens in, in a guy's backyard it was it was kind of incredible but uh but yeah overall was just you know trying to do my best to keep my body ready and then um we finally get the notice to uh to head to LA so we can start our spring training 2.0 and uh the week before intake testing I tested positive and uh so I had to get like shut down for two weeks so I started spring training late that year wasn't really sure what was gonna what that was gonna do but I was playing catching in my hotel room uh in my apartment <laughs> in LA just throwing balls into a net uh just trying to get by and uh yeah overall just tried to do my best to, to stay ready were you throwing how do you throw balls in a hotel room? Uh, very carefully, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it had I had like a pop up net that like barely fit, um, and it was every throw was like just enough to like take the speed away from hitting the window. So it was like, yeah. Was, Have you ever was, seen? The, it's like a, a bag almost that you can put and strap around your wrist. You're holding a baseball in it, and you can you can throw it as hard as you want. Have you ever seen those things? Yeah, yeah. I've seen those before. Never actually used one, but it's like uh, similar to like a sock throw. For yeah. Like the, 
the cheap version, I guess. You would just put like a tube sock on your arm and put a have a baseball. <laughs> on that that is, yeah, that's, that's kind of the cheap version of it. So you end up that year, 2020, which is the weirdest year of all time, making it to the World Series. You, as a rookie that year, started two games in the World Series. It's kind of like an opener. Uh, and game six, the clincher, you started as well. So heading into that World Series, did you know that you were going to have a few opener opportunities or was it kind of like, hey, Tony, we need you tomorrow. Can you go start in the world? Um, yeah, it was a weird it was a weird playoffs for me. Um, I went a few days without pitching because we uh, beat the Brewers in two and then the Padres in three, I believe. And so we swept both of them, but uh, so I didn't get to throw in any of those series. So it was kind of weird. And then going into the NLCS against the Braves, got my first, uh, my feet wet in playoffs. Um, threw okay, uh, kind of unfolded a little bit, um, like fourth, fifth inning or something like that. But uh, yeah, going into the the World Series, I didn't know. Um, I knew when I was going to throw. Uh, Doc had told me which games I was going to start and the, the plan wasn't to be an opener, but uh, just kind of worked out that way. And uh, uh, yeah, our bullpen did great, and our hitters picked us up when uh, when we needed it, and it was it was an unbelievable experience. So it wasn't the plan to be an opener, but you started game two on two days rest. I mean, do you have to go back to to your bullpen days? Do you think going from your bullpen days to that kind of helped you prepare? Because most starters, I mean, aren't able to. To do that you tell somebody you're going to start on a couple of days rest did you just pull back from your bullpen days and say all right go get them uh i mean yeah you just kind of go out there and, and give it what you got yeah what so one congratulations on winning the world series it's incredible so i mean a little kid from i mean you don't even dream of that that's incredible but so you end up winning that year where, where's where do you keep your world series ring by the way have you worn it one time ever um well, we wore it to the White House uh, when we got to visit the White House last year. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But uh, other than that, no, I haven't, haven't worn it at all. So you, that year, that so Fox has the World Series. So I remember watching this game. It was actually, fun fact, the first thing I had ever done here at Fox Sports. I was hosting a World Series watch party with Nick Swisher, Tino Martinez, and Rick Ankiel. And it was that World Series. And I remember, I think it was game six, there was like a promo in between innings they literally had you act like a cat and made cat noises. And my question for you is, who put you up to that? And was it like a lot of convincing to get you to do that? Or were you like, screw it, I'll just make a bunch of cat noises? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty weird. Um, <laughs> before the before the first game of the World Series, there's, usually, there's an off day. And during that off day, we do our like media stuff. Um, so we went into that room and... And they were telling me what I needed to do. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. And they're like, come on, you can do it. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So then we did something else. And then we, he like, we went back to it. And he's like, I was like, no, I don't really want to do that. And he's like, come on. So then I just was like, all right, whatever, I'll just do it. <laughs> that's, yeah. pro- that's about how I figured it went down. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What, how did your, where did this, there is a massive love of cats for you, and where did that begin? Uh, boys had cats growing up, boys had dogs, so there's always been like animals in the household. Um, boys had at least, at least two cats and at least one dog um, just roaming around. But um, yeah, in 2017, when I was in Rancho, uh, the pitching coach, Kip, Kip Wells, would, um, I think, I don't remember if it was him or his wife, they're at like a thrift store and they saw like this $5 shirt um, with a cat on it. And uh, they just showed up one day and it was on my chair and happened to be on, uh, I think it was a Friday actually. But uh, the next day I wore it out to stretch on, uh, on Catterday and uh, my friend Andrew Isler kind of kind of deemed it. Um, so yeah, it just kind of started and every, every Saturday I wore, I wore that cat shirt cause I only had one and then slowly started expanding my, uh, my roster. <laughs> how, many, how many do you have? If you had to guess, uh, probably over 50, around 50. Wow. I'm a, I'm a big fan of dad jokes. Do all of your shirts? Cause I've seen some of them. Are they all like puns? No, there's some that are just like images or like, uh, actually, a good amount of them are, are puns. <laughs> but uh, some of them just have just have images of like a cat. Uh, but they could probably all be turned into some kind of pun. So are are cats? Is Saturday? Is is Catterday only days you start, or is every Saturday Catterday? I'd say every every Saturday is Catterday. For every sure. Saturday. Is uh, Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be wearing a shirt on all the on all Catterdays. Um, I do forget sometimes get, get ahead of myself and, uh, forget what day of the week it is kind of, sometimes they blend together. But, uh, when I, if, if I do remember, which is most of the time, then I'll definitely be wearing a cat shirt of some sort. Do you feel like Catterday starts are more important? Like for the cats, you know, you have to do it for the cats. Um, maybe for the cats, but, uh, overall every start <laughs> is important. I just try to try to keep myself in, uh, uh, even keel, uh, you know, going into the, every fifth day. Did you ever expect in your big league career, you know, obviously you've had cats your whole life, as you said, did you ever expect it to become as big of a thing in the big leagues as it did? <laughs> no, if I was 10 years old and someone said, Hey, in uh, you know, 15 years, you're going to be known as the cat man in the big leagues because you wear cat shirts out of it. And like, what are you talking about? Um, so yeah, but, uh, yeah, don't, don't hate it. Uh, it's kind of great. Uh, someone just recently when we were in Atlanta made like some mesh of my face and a cat's face. It was kind of weird, but, uh, it kind of grew on me over the, over the weekend. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see that. That's great. So I, I want to talk about last year a little bit because you ended, you had a great year last year, but there was a little, there was a shoulder injury involved that you ended up coming back from. Um, but how are you preparing now on pace to throw the most innings you have in your life coming off that year where you threw a bunch of innings, but ended up having an injury. How have you prepared for this year and how are you preparing now throughout the season for the long stretch, the long haul of this year? Uh, yeah. So hurt my shoulder last year, March ish, April, whenever the time period was. And then, um, came back from that. Uh, I wasn't feeling, 
hundred percent, you know, still was didn't feel as strong as it could have been. Um, kind of just grinded through the season. Uh, and then this offseason really focused on getting it back to feeling the the strength that I needed and I wanted. And uh, during that lockout, got with a uh, a PT and a like a strength guy uh, that really helped me um, kind of facilitate those goals and um, had me come into spring training this year in a good spot of keeping my shoulder strong and mobile and all the things that I need to do. And then just kind of I've been trying to just like maintain that um, that thought thus far in the season, and hopefully continue that. So, are you, are you do you still have the same in season regiment that you always have? Uh, it's similar, but there's a little added uh, emphasis on some shoulder strength stuff. Okay, so now here we are in in 2021, and one congratulations on the year you're having. It's it's awesome, and I'm so pumped for you. And it's a lot of fun, honestly, to watch you take the mound every fifth day. And you know, this is kind of the first year that it's like, hey, you're gonna take the ball every fifth day. There's no relieving option involved. Like you're taking the ball every fifth day. What has this season, is there anything different this year that you're doing from years past? Like this offseason during the shutdown, is there anything this year that you're focusing on or that you focus on on the mound, whether it be mechanically, the way you prepare? Has anything changed this year from the last few? Um, I had a good conversation with Doc in spring training. It was really early in spring training, mate. Like, mm-hmm. I think it was like that first week that we were there uh, kind of just sat in the office with him and uh, Brandon Gomes and just sat there and chit chatted for a little bit. And we talked about uh, closing doors. Um, he basically said, uh, or like the emphasis of the conversation was that uh, me being like a little sponge or whatever, just trying to, you know, take in as much information as I could from everybody. I mean, we have uh, legends on this team, pigeon legend, David Price, Kirsch, Walker has had outstanding seasons the last couple of years. Julio, um, catching guys like Russ and Barnes and Will and just trying to take in all this information from everybody. Um, and Doc basically just said, like, it's time to close some doors. And, you know, you've taken all this information is. It's time to kind of stop taking that information, stop trying to gather more information and just be yourself and go out there and, and throw and you're going to get the ball and, and yeah, just go with it. I mean, there really are a lot of legends in this on your team and, and in the rotation as well. One of which, and, and probably the top guy, and one of the one of the best pitchers of all time in Clayton Kershaw. You know, as a young guy coming up through the organization and then being on the big league team and being around him, what is something that you've learned from him that you take with him when you pitch every day? Uh, yeah. Probably the biggest thing that I've learned from him is just throw strikes. Um, you go out there and you compete with your whatever stuff you have that day, and uh, and you know you just kind of see what happens. You you can't go out there and pitch defensively. You got to stay aggressive and, and be in the zone. So I don't want to I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. I think that's the saying. But I, I think it would be awesome, and it would be my vote. Uh, for you to start the All-Star game in L.A. this year. I think that would be awesome. How much would that mean to you this year to be able to do that? Obviously, it's not a certainty by any means yet, but how much would it mean to you to be able to pitch in L.A. at Dodger Stadium in the All-Star game when this year, as of right now, you're leading the league in wins and ERA? How cool would that experience be for you? 
Uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, you know, I just try to take it one one uh, one outing at a time. So um, not trying to get too far ahead of myself, but it would be great to uh, to just make the team, and then anything on, on top of that would just be a bonus for me. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to get too far ahead of myself, and uh, you know, the goal is to win today, and then uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. That's so awesome, man. So I, I've read a lot of you. You talk about your mentality and how your mentality of playing the game of baseball has gotten you along to where you are today, every step of the way. You talk about mentality and your mentality playing the game. What What is that mentality? Um, I just try to remind myself that, it, you know, we're, we're, we're playing a kid's game and we're supposed to have fun and um, the goal is just go out there and compete and, and with whatever you have that day and for myself, I'm a pitcher, so I'm just trying to throw strikes and, uh, you know, battle and trying to win every pitch, win every at-bat, and, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens from there. I always like to ask guys this because baseball is such a mental game, and honestly, if I had that mentality, it probably would have gone better, but but I, I didn't. And when I struggled, I, like, forgot that I was playing a game. I would really struggle, and I'd turn an 0 for 4 into an 0 for 8 into an 0 for 12, and I struggled to get out of that rut. So... From a pitcher's perspective, what do you do? Like, if you have a couple bad stretches in a row, it's not easy to just turn the page. People say just turn the page, but how do you prevent yourself from going through that rut of negative thoughts and just bounce back that next day and be as good as you are? Yeah, I feel like you just got to um, give yourself some positive self talk. Some positive self talk. Um, uh, I think for me personally, sometimes saying some things out loud uh, to myself, I'm not one to do it in front of a mirror or anything, just kind of when I'm playing catch or, um, or in a bullpen maybe, or even on the mound in the game, just like if I throw a pitch and I like it, I might say like, ooh, that's a good pitch. You know, results completely taken out of it. Just, you know, I like the way it felt. I like the way that, it's, it, you know, it came out of my hand or the shape of it or whatever it was. But uh, just trying to reinforce some of those um, – those positive talk things and just trying to stay, um, stay up and stay like, not like get myself into a hole. Yeah. All right. I got a few, a few fun questions for you before we finish up. And the first of which would be, who is the toughest out for you on the mound? It's a lot of tough outs. Um, I feel like Eduardo Escobar has had my number over the last couple of years. Something about him, I feel like he, whatever it is, he sees the ball well out of my hand. Thank God uh, he's out of the NLS. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I don't have to see him like, I don't have to see him every month. But, uh, but yeah, the, you know, the Mets were just in town and I had to face him again. And um, some of those those memories came back of, uh, you know, some ABs that I was throwing against him previously and, uh, you know, just trying to go out there and, and change the script a little bit and see if, he can, uh, if we can get him out. Uh, outside of the game of baseball, who has been the biggest influence on you and your life? Um, I've had a cl uh, close family friend, uh, Scott McCrary. He played a little bit, um, I believe, AAA with like the Mets. Um, but yeah, he's probably been my biggest, um, one of my biggest influences outside of baseball, as well as like, uh, a little bit of carries over into the baseball life, but uh, 
him being probably the biggest one outside of my direct family and then my brother probably um just overall the biggest influence in my life outside of baseball okay on the dodgers staff so including yourself who is the funniest of you guys the funniest just the pitchers or everybody yeah, we can go. We'll stick with pitchers, but we can go the the staff. You know, of not just starting rotation. So we'll take all pitchers into account here. Who's the funniest of the bunch? Oh man, I feel like Phil's making me laugh all the time. DP uh, Kirsch. I feel like there's a lot of funny guys. I feel like when we all get together, it's just a it's just a good time. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's any single person, but uh, I feel like everybody is, is funny in their own way. Is there a most serious one? Like one, uh, not one sticks out for funny. Is there one that sticks out as like this is the most serious guy? Oh man, probably not. I don't know. I feel like we all, right. all just fun uh, bunch. We keep it. We keep it pretty loose, and uh, you know, when it's time to time to throw, or it's, when our name gets called, it's it's then it's go time. All right, all right. So if you could take one pitch from anybody in Major League Baseball right now, but you have to get rid of yours, what pitch would you take and whose would you take it from? I mean, DeGrom's four-seam probably and just switch it out with mine. I mean, that sounds pretty That sounds pretty nice. I'd be love to throw 101, just unhittable fastballs. That'd be just anywhere you wanted to, just throw it in there and doesn't matter, just rarely gets hit anyway. Sounds like fun. That's great. I like that a lot. All right. So before we finish up, I, I like asking this one, but what would be a, a piece of advice for people coming up playing the game of baseball? Because you've had an interesting journey in your own right, and it hasn't always been the easiest or most normal journey in the world. So what would be a piece of advice to people coming up playing the game of baseball? Um, I mean, I feel like you hear all the cliches of control what you can control and uh you know, give it your best effort and all that stuff. But uh, I feel like it truly is that, you know, just going out there every day and, and having fun and remembering that it's game and we're all doing this and, and trying to get better and um, just go out there and, and try your best. Yeah, I like that. All right. I also lied. This That wasn't my last question. I have one more. And it's because you, you reminded me there saying it's just a game. And, and that's kind of what this show is all about. I just love the game of baseball. I'm trying to grow the game of baseball. Um, and, and you yourself – talk about just playing the game and having fun and and one of my favorite players on this show that I believe is growing the game of baseball and doing a lot for the game is Shohei Otani and you guys recently got to face off against him so as a guy yourself that was a two-way guy you did it in college you you thought about you know you thought about doing it professionally talk a little bit from your perspective of when you take the field and you're playing against Shohei Otani what he is able to do on the baseball field yeah, he seems like he's literally straight out of a video game. You know, I feel like when you're making a video game character, you want him to hit, you want him to pitch, you want him to do it all, you want him to throw gas, you want him to hit homers. I feel like Shohei does all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he is pretty intimidating when he gets in the box. He's a big dude. Uh, did you pitch against them the other day? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, yeah, hit a ball really hard off me. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was hit off the end of the bat, and I look up, and it was like 114. I was like, okay, yeah, I guess that was not off the end. But uh, You got the win, though. Yeah, luckily, uh, <laughs> nothing came of it. I think Will threw him out, so uh, that worked out. But, uh, yeah, I think he's straight out of the video game, and uh, 
you know, I wish him the best. And it's, it's really fun to watch him, to watch him play. Well, Tony, I wish you the best, man. Thank you so much for coming on for a little while and talking about the game and your journey. I really appreciate it. You're forever a friend of Flippin' Bats Pod, my friend. So thank you so much for joining me. Good luck the rest of the way, man. It truly has been a blast to watch you this year. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right, I just wanted to thank again Tony Gonsolin for joining me. What a blast of a conversation. I really enjoyed all the conversation about cats. I mean, he really is the biggest cat guy on the planet, but I didn't know Catterday was a thing. And I mean, it goes even it goes deeper than I, I even knew it did. But that was an absolute blast. Tony Gonsolin is this year. You can't argue with it. He's been the best pitcher in all of Major League Baseball. So to have him on Flipping Bats has been a blast for me. I hope you all enjoyed it. It would be really cool to see him just down the road here in Los Angeles start on the mound for the National League in the All-Star game. That would be really cool. So I hope you all enjoyed that conversation. I sure did. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Flipping Bats. Make sure you're downloading and subscribing. Wherever you're listening right now, hit that subscribe button. It really helps. Apple, Spotify, Google, all that good stuff. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at Flippin' Bats Pod. You can also watch every episode on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod as well. But that'll do it. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats. Peace out, my friends.